0: The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will not not lose. lose. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. Hey, sipping on a little bit of water, <laughs> getting ready for this show. He's the DB of the show, and we are black in sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom, covering it all, laughing at it all, while providing a platform to be heard. So you know what we do around this time, and we want to welcome our guests, all right? So he started down South Carolina Moved on up the East Coast to Pittsburgh, PA. Now he's here on the West Coast. Some say the best coast. And like Jerry Maguire, we're going to ask him to show us the money. (laughs) Yes, we got Senior Associate Athletic Director and Chief Financial Officer. That's that CFO of UNLV, Marcus Bowman. Clap it up.
1: (laughs) Thank you, man. appreciate y'all for having me.
0: Oh, come on. Come on, man. We're glad to have you here, man. All right. So how we start the show, man. So we want you to share a shoot your shot moment with us, all right? So this is kind of like a little short story or just an event or somewhere in life where you just went for it, you know, whether it was with the girls, whether it was sometime back in your sports days or just on the block, just a time that you shot your shot and you went for it all. So give us that story.
1: Wow. We're coming right out of the gate, huh? Out the gate. Let's go. <laughs> um, let me think. Probably the, yeah, I could. Probably think of a few few different things that maybe uh honest honest PG, but oh we uh, that's what we want we
2: want the non PG. Let's uh,
1: go. I would actually say you know the time where I really went for it was you know I know we'll talk a little bit more about my story and my background, but when I went to Pitt, um you know in on an academic scholarship and and went to try out and walked on to the basketball team, uh they weren't at the time necessarily looking for somebody to add to the roster. Uh they were they were willing to have a you know an open tryout and there were other people that were involved and they said, you know, hey, uh if it works out for you then then great and and I went out and, and it and it happened and it worked out for me. And certainly is oh, uh That's
2: big time. Yeah, that's a shoot your shot right yeah, there. Was,
1: that was a shoot my shot, literally, right?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Big East basketball. <laughs> so where did the love for uh sports start?
1: Well, you know, as E J mentioned, you know, originally from Columbia, South Carolina, uh born and raised uh, you know, I had two two loving parents that raised me and my brother, and instilled uh, unbelievable values in us. You know, all the values of hard work and respect of others, and, and certainly education, and which helped me get to not only where I am today, but certainly to college. Um, but you know, similar like a lot of a lot of young boys growing up uh, in America. You know, we were very active in sports. Um, you know, we played everything from you know basketball, uh, baseball. Brother played football um we played tennis golf okay. uh so we did we did we did it all okay um my, my dad was uh was, was also very active and he wanted to make sure that he had two active active young boys so the love for sports started at a very very young age but um you know it was always really important for our, or always really important for us uh that our parents made sure that you know our grades and education was always going to be right or right. you know there wasn't there wasn't any hooping. There wasn't any playing on the football field. None of that stuff was happening. If our grades wasn't right. You get for sure. some grades. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Time.
2: So how did I know I know Pops was a hooper. How did uh hooping kind of stick for you? Was it was it a choice between that and football or is it kind of just what you fell in love
1: with? Yeah, man, you know, basketball, I just fell in love with it, man. I just love love the game, love the, love the, love the movement of it. Uh, you know, poetry and motion, you know, on the court and um, and so basketball was just kind of always my, you know, my favorite sport. Okay. Um, but I will tell you that you know I know I kind of jokingly mentioned uh, playing golf when I was young. Um, my dad, uh, he was an avid golfer. He was a scratch golfer. Oh I mean, really? He was, wow. Yeah. He was shooting the in the mid and low 70s. Okay. Okay. And there was an army base Fort Jackson, yep. which is in Columbia, South mm-hmm. Carolina. And there's mm-hmm. two golf courses on there. And my mom worked on the army base, and so with okay. but because she worked there, we were actually able to play on the golf course for really really cheap. Like yeah. you could walk nine holes—that's big, too. literally for like two dollars and fifty cent. Yeah. It's back like in the early nineties, right? And so at a young age, he had me and my brother out playing golf. I mean, I you know he says like I had you out there as young as you were like five six years old swinging a club.
0: That's big, man. And I
1: played a lot, you know, in elementary and even through middle school, and. I really wish I would have stuck with it a lot more because I, I like put it down as I got in high school and in college and now as an, you know, an adult, I'm trying to pick it back up. But, um, you know, I had hoop dreams, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I had those hoop dreams, Those hoop dreams, yeah, man. I'm watching Mike and everybody and I'm thinking, you know, I want to, I want to go play. I want to hoop. And... and it's hard
0: in the culture too, right? Yeah. Like you don't see a lot of people saying, yo, yeah. I'm going to go hit the tees. Yeah. You know what I'm saying today?
1: Yeah. They had like nobody to play with. Like, you know, golf is a, it was a privileged sport in right. most cases. Like most people that's playing golf, they usually playing on a you know, a, you know, a country club and things of that nature. And so with the
0: membership yeah, and, so right. Like, the
1: only people I was playing with was like my dad and and, and his boy. Right. You know <laughs> <what laughs> <I said? laughs> so
0: And then it would, would they treat me like the youngin' too, the young buck, when they oh, hit yeah. you with that. <laughs> yeah, maybe always go shag the ball, <laughs> right. yep. the ball.
1: Like, You know, but it was fun, man. I I give anything to have some of those memories back for sure.
0: Nice and so we had a uh, – um now why am I drawing the blank? Um, Kendall from, uh, UNLV, we had him on the show, man. Okay. And we just talked about how, you know, that's kind of looked up on. And if you don't have, he just mentioned how going to the local, he had a local golf thing and, and they embraced him. So like you said, if you just had some younger guys that are yeah. more your age that you could kind of engulf in the game, you know, this, other than maybe, you know, maybe, yeah, play a game and then take it to the hoops afterwards. Yeah. That probably would have fostered that a little yeah. longer.
1: Yeah. Right. Right.
0: So did you ever play football? A little I, bit, or was it like the, that, that drill that made more basketball players <laughs> than any other football bro, drill?
1: Bro, I got I got cut for the 7th grade football team. The one time I went out for football, they cut me, man. And like, they
0: cut me in 7th grade? They that's what I'm saying. people in 7th grade. That's hardcore, right?
1: And I thought I was like a decent athlete. Like, I played on the basketball team, uh-huh. I was playing baseball. Right. Tennis, got, golf,
0: you just playing it all. I got cut,
1: man. What position uh, so are you going out for? Wide receiver, you know, uh, I was a long, oh, lanky, uh-huh. skinny kid. And you had um, no hands? I guess. I, mean, <laughs> I, I can't vividly remember. All that stuff I, vividly remember I like wasn't I... on that
0: list. He <laughs> <laughs> so, looked like, oh, so
1: shit. That was it for that. I was like, nah, I'm good. I wanna, probably didn't want to get hit anyway. So that was my brother's sport. My brother is a uh, lot lot bigger than me, uh-huh. a um, li- little bit shorter. My, bro- my brother played uh, college football. He played at the University of Missouri. Oh, so, okay. Yeah
2: that's interesting man
1: yeah
2: something that you t- you touched on man and i don't want to get too broad but you know i've heard you mention just in this short time your dad a few you know a few times yeah. um, and i know a lot of times and it's in, in the public eye, not in the public in the media sometimes they kind of gloss over the fathers and you know the black male and the athlete growing up and it's always you know the struggle story And those stories are you know fine but you know there's another story there's another path you know everybody's path and i like that so just kind of talk about the influence of, you know, your mom and your pops uh, on you and your brother, you know, growing up.
1: Yeah, man, they, they, they were, they were everything to us. I mean, they were, they were great parents. They were unbelievable role models. Um, they were our friends. Yeah. Um, they're our disciplinarians. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they, they, they raised us the right way. And in addition to that, you know, we grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, where they were from. And so in addition to my, my parents, you know, had, Uncles and aunts and my grandparents were all also there, mm-hmm. and so that influence, that family community was was big for us growing up. Um, and my dad was somebody who always, you know, he never let us have excuses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my dad, uh, he went to Howard University. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was an architect, and my dad started his own architecture firm. One wow. of one of the only, I think it might have been uh, two or three um black owned architecture firms in the state of south carolina wow um he had uh you know he worked he worked in in corporate america for a little while actually worked at south carolina state university and then he went out on his own and had his own business um for over 20 over 20 years sure. um and my dad actually uh he passed away last last october thank you. Thank you. And, thank you. and yeah yes, i appreciate that thank you and um you know, I, I, I'm just so fortunate for all of the moments that I had that I learned sure. from him. Um, all of the moments that he even had with, with my kids, with his grandkids, even when they were at a at a very young age. And we had this, like, we had this unbelievable celebration of his life back in October. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just kind of went to, to, it was even more validating for, you know, not only what he meant to us, but what he meant to so many other people. So... Um, you know, I, I owe a lot to my dad, and I know I'm focusing a lot on him. But you know, my mom was was every bit as important, for sure. you know, and right there with us, and and uh, you know, set the foundation for you know raising two, uh, you know, young black males in 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 today's society, right. you know. So South Carolina, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything that you know, a lot of who I am today you know, through the values that they instilled in me and my sure. my older brother.
0: That's good that stuff, time, man. man. That's yeah. huge. And we definitely talk about that. And it's just, that's the stigma that's always out there, right? Like single mother, no father, or, you know, raised by the grandparents. And, yes, there's a lot of those stories out there. But, you know, it's good to celebrate and highlight um, the ones. Because, I mean, Miles, you come from a two-parent home yep. that grew up. I come from that as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like the media always wants to attach and, and jump on the bat. So definitely thanks for sharing that. Yep, so let's get into so really quick your little high, uh, high school basketball days with the Cavaliers. <laughs> All right, so y'all did y'all thing a little state runner up. Why wow, y'all couldn't? I just couldn't like get past that hump, man.
1: Uh, my what, what 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 happened? What, what Dude, was it? Bringing it on the daggers, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, we actually lost in the state championship <laughs> my senior year. Uh, on a buzzer beater. Oh, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it still man. hurts. Yeah, nice. Nah, hey, you hurts. sure you don't
0: want that drink now? Or? <laughs> I, might need, I
1: might need to get that drink, man. I need some hard stuff now. <laughs> nah, man, we um, we had a great team, man. I, I played with a couple other guys that went and played uh, college basketball as well. Okay. Um, you know, we played against a really good team. Um, the kid that made the shot didn't score the whole game. Wow, yeah, he's you know, it was like uh, kind of like a loose ball. The uh-huh. ball rolled out to him and he picked it up and you know, heaved it up. He
2: it. Yeah, he's talking about it too.
1: Tonight. Yeah, yeah, he- oh, yeah. I hope he watches like, this. I right. remember his other day. This is where he had braids, he had corals. Wasn't
2: even that yeah, good, right now. He, was, right. he
1: was quick, but he wasn't even that good. Oh, that's a how. I fouled out too. That was oh. that, that was what. Like my first time fouling out. So that you had whole, to sit yeah. there and watch it. I had to sit there and watch my man <laughs> make this. But you know, That's I forgot about it. Uh.
0: Well. Maybe. Okay. Let's let's move on, man. Let's go. Let's move on, man. We want to yeah, keep yeah. it flowing. Right. So so you walk on. So that was yeah. one of the things I definitely want to ask you. So it's cool you shared that for your shoot your shot moment. So how did you know it was Pitt, and why did you walk on the Pitt?
1: So so actually, um, Pittsburgh wasn't a school or city, really, that was on my radar, okay. right? You know, coming from South Carolina. The, <laughs> only, thing, the only thing I knew about Pittsburgh was uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers right. and that it was cold, right? So it was like, why would I want to go there? Um, and so they sent some information to me in the mail, and it was my mom who strongly encouraged me. Said, man, you know, apply. You know, who knows, right? Right. And it was the best decision I ever made, man, I applied, you know, sent all the information in, had to do an essay, that whole nine. Uh-huh. And uh. They, they sent me and offered me a full academic scholarship. That's a big time. And, you know, the Bowman's household was, the mind was made up at that yeah, point. It was yeah. like, <laughs> it's paid for? Like, oh, it was like, well, we bet we're going to get you some warm clothes, brother, because <laughs> you going to Pittsburgh, bro. Like, it is like, that's what it is. Unless you can show me something else, like, that's where you're going, right? Uh, <laughs> and then I, you know, so then, then we decided, like, let's you know, let's go up there and see the campus. And I right. went up there and I fell in love with it. It was, you know, it's an urban campus. If anybody's ever been there, you know, it's in an urban, urban setting, but, you know, also, but when you're on campus, you feel like you're on, on campus. campus. Yep. And so I really, really like that vibe and that atmosphere. And this was, so this was 2002 when I graduated from high school. This was also right around the time where pit basketball was hitting their stride yep. in the Big East um, mm-hmm. under Ben Holland and, yep. Guys like brandon knight and julius page and and those those guys had really started to hit their stride and they went to a couple of biggies turn so i was i was enamored with the possibility of maybe playing college basketball for them as well uh-huh. and you know i was a good i was a good high school basketball player um i had a chance to you know play at some smaller schools um but i didn't know if i wanted to go to college i wanted to go to a big school and i didn't know if i wanted it just to be about you know sports right. so anyway, so got, got there, reached out to the, to the coaching staff, and kind of what I mentioned, they said, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have a tryout, we don't know if we'll add anybody, but, you know, if it works out, then, then it works out, and that's, that's, that's kind of that, and it certainly was not only, you know, best decision to, to go there, but the things that I learned, you know, on time. and off the court, and just the, those moments, and, you know, meeting, you know, lifelong brothers, and, and friends, and, you know, whether it was when we was on the bus going somewhere, on the plane, <laughs> and practice, in the locker room, All after of that. after a big victory, after a tough defeat. I mean, those just those life lessons helped me in and so much.
0: And those are definitely big in sports. Yeah, yeah. for
2: sure. And, and, and kind of talk about that that grind of of being a walk on. Yeah, I know. I know. There's probably some times you was like. I, I ain't gonna
1: do this yeah I mean? it, yeah it was because <laughs> yeah because you know you're you're you know you're responsible for doing everything that you know all of the scholarship Fellowship guys do, do. Yep. and and uh, to keep my academic scholarship I had to maintain a 3.0 right. GPA and um so it, it was a grind man you know it's 20 plus hours a week in terms of practice and weights and then film and then Training travel room and but what that. I but what I will say is that Playing, I think, helped me in a lot of ways because it helped me with time management, and I had a lot of other friends that obviously didn't play, and you know they was, you know, out <laughs> partying Madden. in the streets <laughs> and so mad and waking up at. You know, eleven thirty right. and uh. missing the missing the class because like, oh, man, that's just the lecture. I can just go can get the stuff, stuff online. I got the, the syllabus. I'm right. good. <laughs> uh, but we didn't have that option. You know, as as, bas- as basketball player, because we went, to, you know, they they made sure that we went to class. I man, they was doing class checks, and if you wasn't there, then there was some consequences. And um, so it helped me because like when I had when I had free time or some of the structure uh you know i made sure that i utilized my time you know very efficiently in a strategic manner so but it was a grind man and you know i i you know being able to to work in the industry still and seeing you know these young you know men and women uh go through it i I remember it you know but i also say hey i i was able to do it too so you know once again no excuses right i mean you can you can achieve anything pop laid that foundation i was uh
2: Jamie Dixon, the coach, he came in during your time there, correct? Yeah. For so, sure, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, well, my my first year was Ben Holland's okay. last, last year, year, but Jamie Dixon was an assistant on the staff. Okay. 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 So he was the top assistant. So, I mean, yeah, and he was somebody that, I mean, essentially I played for, for all four years. And then, at, you know, after I worked there in the, in the athletic department at Pitt, you know, he was still the coach and yeah. somebody that I still talk to a lot to okay. this day, even though he's down at TCU. Right? That's that's dope stuff. Big, yeah.
2: big Aaron Gray. Yeah. How was he? he?
1: That's a that's a good man, yeah. He's a g- good friend of mine. If we we talked uh maybe like two months ago, a little over a month ago. Um he was supposed to I had like a little virtual little birthday Hello. party for my for my wife and he and his wife were supposed to get on. Uh but he and I we texted and then I just found out that he having another having another baby, he having a wow. fourth four child in five <laughs> years. So I was like, <laughs> count him. <'em>. My brother, <laughs> he slow down. But now nah, he's a he was a good man, a good friend of mine. He was a, a year year behind me, so we you know played together for for three years, and he went on and played in the NBA and had That's a awesome. nice career for himself.
0: So, so uh, Antonio Graves, man, Antonio Mansfield, man, from my neck of the woods. He went to my high school. Oh yeah, yeah, man, and I just didn't even think about that, like uh, from knowing, cause like. We spent that time period. I know we've overlapped in some yeah. some, some events we won't speak about right, right now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Antonio, did he come in the same year or year after you? He
1: was a year after me, also. Okay. Uh, another another good good brother, man. We actually found out that we have some uh, some distant relatives. Oh, like, Yeah, like like second, third cousins. Like after we got to school, uh-huh. uh huh. Like, uh, cause I have a lot of family in Ohio. I actually got a lot of family in Columbus. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. My my dad's dad uh he has some brothers brothers and sisters that live in columbus so we used to go to columbus a lot okay. when i was young so
0: we maybe crossed even more we might have crossed even more
1: <laughs> what, what part of Ohio are you from mansfield okay we're graves we okay uh, yeah he, yeah that's right
0: there tigers you know where the when well, we spell it correctly t-y-g-e-r-s baby
1: <laughs> yep yep so nah tony Graves. that's a good uh it's a hood
0: school what you expect man it's a Good brother, man. <laughs> but no tony and he's a good dude man and uh his brother did a lot for him yeah. so um when you were done with your playing, what made you, you know, did you want to stop? Did you want to progress? Did you go into the draft? Like, what was that decision, right? Because, I mean, you gambled on yourself so far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I didn't have an opportunity to go play at the next level. I mean, I certainly would have loved loved that opportunity, but it, it wasn't something that presented itself to me. But, you know, what was, what was really important was that I made sure that I took advantage of, everything else that was around me uh-huh. while my time as a college athlete to set myself up for life after school, even if I wasn't going to be able to play. Awesome. And so a, a quick story on how I got involved in working in college athletics. Um My, but the summer between my junior and senior year, I interned at PNC bank, which, you know, was headquartered in Pittsburgh, yep. Um, you know, big bank in the Northeast and a national national brand bank. And, um, it was a great experience. I worked for some, some great people and and I enjoyed it, but I honestly, I realized I didn't want to work in banking for the rest of my life. It just (laughs) like, I just didn't see myself, you know, 20, 30 years down the road working in banking.
0: And I tell people all the time, it's just as important to know what you don't want to do. Absolutely. It's just as important.
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, I always thought that if I could, if I could combine my, my passion and my love, which was sports, right. Mm -hmm. You know, growing up with, you know, knowledge and things that I learned in school, kind of the business aspect, that I could have a career and a profession and not just a job, right? Because right. there's a difference, right? Oh, it's, it's a, a job difference. in A job in and in a career, you know, that, that's a difference, you know? You got to have a passion for those type of things. And so, anyway, so after after that internship, they actually offered me a job, which, you know, I accepted, right? We all go to college to get a job. But I spent my whole senior year really doing a lot of research on, the sports business, right? I mean, it's a billion, trillion dollar industry and right. so many different ways you can go between college sports, professional sports, uh, working at arenas, uh, you know, working for Nike, all this stuff. So I did a lot of research. And once again, going back to utilizing my resources, I've met with a lot of people in the athletic department, different administrators, mm-hmm. and not only try to pick their brain, but, you know, try to say, you know, hey, if there's an opportunity, like, you know, let me know. Right. So fast forward all the way to the end of my senior year, graduation. I'm in Europe with my then girlfriend, now wife at the time. And we're in some coffee shop. I think it was in Paris, honestly. Like, and I'm, I'm Brad, a a slight. Along the way. Almost like I just got it's off like, the like, Eiffel uh, you, know, the just, tower. you know what I'm saying? I was sipping <laughs> some, some tea. <laughs> and, you know, Some crumpet. <laughs> crumpets. You know, what I'm okay. just, you know just some light slight, work. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and we uh, was in coffee shop, and I checked my emails. I got an email from one of the administrators saying, like, hey, this position in our business office just opened up. Would you be interested? And I immediately emailed her back, and I said, absolutely, I only got two problems. One, I'm in Europe for the next couple of weeks, and then two, I accepted a job at PNC, and I'm supposed to start, like, you know, and I think I was probably, like, two weeks. a month a and a half. It was probably, like, time. a little over a month from starting. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, look, when you get back, I want you to, you know, reach out to this person. And, and so I did, and kind of went through an interviewing process and was fortunate to be able to get that job and start you know working in the business office and trying to help it manage the budget and hr and, and oh, learn wow. learn a whole lot uh but you know it was i mean to say it was a dream come true to be able to like work at my alma mater in sports yeah. like i couldn't have like asked for Anything, anything better? And I remember even talking to the guys at PNC that I was going to work for. They were so excited for me. They was like,
0: "Man, oh, gotta, this is you guys take it, that!" Right? Like, I was like,
1: "Nah, man, you can't like, go work at like, the like, bank. You don't want yeah. to <laughs> <wanna> be me. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, like, you don't want to be me." And so, uh yeah, so that's how that's how I got started, man.
0: Well, since we are there, why don't we just kind of jump into the game? um You know, explain so that transition of where you were working into kind of your present day of what your role exists is here at UNLV.
1: Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, so I started off, uh, director of business operations at Pitt, um, did that for about five years, uh, you know, manage, help, help develop and manage the annual athletic department budget, did some HR paperwork and processing. I had a stint actually where I oversaw our ticket office. I was director of ticket operations. We were in transition between ticket managers and did that for a couple months, which, which was great. It was an eye open experience. I mean, anybody that, you know, obviously has ever sold tickets like yourself <laughs> or sold anything. I mean like dealing with external, dealing with customers. Um, now were you we,
0: guys doing that in-house at that time or did you have a third party? No, nah, it was in-house. It was yeah. in-house okay. so this,
1: yeah. The third party wasn't really a thing. thing that was like, in. In, okay. yeah, that was like in maybe 2010. Okay. 11. So it was starting, but we, we weren't quite there yet. Went back to the, to the business office after kind of that interim period, uh, you know, we, we finally hired somebody and then I was promoted into our athletic director's office as an assistant AD. And I had an opportunity to, to expand my role even further and kind of work in just overall administration, working some internal operations, helping uh, oversee some sports, mm-hmm. uh, do some external things. I actually oversaw our relationship with our multimedia rights holder, IMG, at the time. Um, and then a lot of different special projects, you know, I got to get my hands involved in a lot. And then we went through a transition between ADs and a new guy came in and I was fortunate to have a great relationship with him as well. Oh, that's big. Uh, yeah. And so he actually, uh, he, he, he gave me some additional sports to oversee, but, um, added a chief of staff title. And so then I was working with him, uh, pretty directly on, you know, a lot of special, special project, projects, yep. but also just kind of overall administration. And so, Learned a lot from that guy, particularly about relationships and the importance of relationships and and what that means. And then went through another transition. He 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 moved on, went to another job, um, and then uh, Ad came in and she uh, we I had a great relationship with her as well. Uh-huh. And she added a couple. She changed up my t- uh, my role a little bit. Uh, added some some sports and wanted me a little bit more uh, structured, which was kind of a role that she had had that helped her previously share. Okay. And so. That was something I was very appreciative of. And then um, I got a call, you know, fall, probably October 2017 about an opportunity here at UNLV.
0: Oh, you got a call. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I was going to ask. How did you get out here?
1: Yeah, so I was was reached out to uh, the new athletic director. At the time, Desiree Reference Francois, she came from Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. um, and I, we had never worked together, but we knew we knew each other, and, circles. you know, circles, and the, the industry is small, and, um, you know, we had a conversation and, and really hit it off, you know, our our values were in alignment, you know, former student athlete, uh, and, and she told me a lot about the opportunity to come to UNLV to help build something yeah. special. And, you know, awesome, and, and it was, you know, the, the CFO title, which was also appealing and um, and the opportunity to work with the men's basketball program here was was certainly appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then also, you know, even to be able to expand my role in like our special events unit. I mean, we, we have a, a very robust special events side of the house, you know, Thomas Mack. you know, previously Sam Boyd Stadium. Uh, you know Cox I mean we host obviously all major events, events you know between yep. NFR and NBA Summer, Summer League, League and Disney on Ice and all these various different shows and concerts and so that was very exciting too and um, so I mean it was and, and at that time you know I've been in Pittsburgh for almost 16 years so me and my wife, we were ready for something new. We didn't think that Las Vegas was going to be next, Uh, but I don't know um, if anybody
2: does. I don't know if anybody
1: does, we all, we all end up being here. We all end up loving Loving it here. Right. Right. I was out here like 20 years ago. Same. I'm like, man, what what was I doing? (laughs) I was like, what was I missing out? So I was like, you know, I was like, I love Vegas. Right. So I'm like, damn, can I live in Vegas? (laughs) And so, um, so yeah, so you know, I was intrigued by that and then made the move and, uh, now I'm here. That's
2: dope, bro. I'm 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 fired up because we we always had a discussion about uh, you know the top athletes in basketball going you know skipping NCAA and G okay. League and going overseas and you know my argument is always like you know this model works for 99 percent of student athletes right and to your point you you were in a room with a lot of people you got opportunities by being on campus right. those three years and kind of developing yourself and learning your skill sets so. Talk to me about the importance of just being in the school environment, being a student athlete, and what that can do for you there into your he career. Go.
0: After. There you go. I, I'm
2: I'm hyped, bro. Uh-oh, Rocky Maciano. Every I'm time sorry. somebody got to a, Rocky Maciano. <laughs> I've been rubbing my hands like Birdman here. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, man. I think you know when you, you know, there's 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 so many opportunities that are are given to, to to young people and to student athletes in, in college and you know our I always tell them too that like our why and our our number one responsibility is them right and very few of them are going to be able to go on from there to play at the next level hell i mean it's really only two sports that you can you know three in baseball but you know by the time you get to college baseball you know right they they looking at high school guys and yeah. different different things but in any event so You know, you really look at football and basketball, and then when you start to think about the percentages and playing the numbers and how many people come in and and things of that nature, it it, it gets very, very narrow. So what I tell them is that, like, you know, our goal is to make sure that you develop, you know, academically, that you leave here with a degree, um, that you, you know, become the best athlete that you can become. Like, ultimately, like, you wouldn't be here if you couldn't hoop. You wouldn't be here if you couldn't, you know, run or whatever. And, and then the third thing is make sure that we develop you, you know, personally as a person,
0: some growth and
1: get some growth. And, um, if you leave here without a degree and you don't, you know, know what's next then we failed you. And so it's important for us to put a structure around them to help them in all those three areas and try to prepare them as best as you can uh, you know, understanding that you know there's only so much you can do. Like I can, I, I might be able to throw you the alley oop, right? But you got at some point you got to catch it and dunk it, right? All right. It's on you. All right. And so you know, there's a lot of things. And so you know, anytime that people are or not people, but you know, these elite athletes, because that's what I call them. You know, these guys that have an opportunity to go to the, to the G League and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Like if you elite, then you know th- that might be that might be one thing. But you know, for people that maybe think that like college basketball is going to be like, it's going to be destroyed. It's, it's not. I mean, college basketball has been here for hundreds of years and it'll, it'll, it'll continue to be there. And, and for those guys that had that opportunity, whether it was back in the day, guys can go straight from high school. Right. Like I, I, I support that. I mean, yeah. if, that, if ultimately if that's what you can do and you have that chance, then, then go do it. So, but make sure that like, you know, when you're in college and you're a student athlete, like i just say like, if you don't take advantage of everything that's around you. That's um, your fault. It's your fault, you know, and I can say that because sure. I took advantage of it. Like, I, yeah. you know, I'm not just blowing smoke. Like, I'm like, look, I did this. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. And then even, and then finance. I mean, for me personally, I mean, the the word finance is like, mind your business. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> right. Get your hands out of my pocket. You know no. what I mean? So, I know you majored in you know business finance. So, yeah. how did you get into that major? And then you know, what about that just stuck with your whole career?
1: So, you know, I was always a numbers guy. I always love love numbers and love, you know, dissecting numbers and how they, you know, there's so much you can tell by, you know, looking at looking at numbers. You know, there's a lot, there's a story behind numbers and that everything isn't just black and white. So, um, you know, I always, and I always thought like, you know, business, like all businesses, no matter what they are, right, whether it is sports or uh, hospital or whatever, gaming, like, you have to be able to manage the two most important resources: your financial resources and your human resources. I and mean, if you can't manage money, then all your business is gonna fail, right? If you can't hire good people, right, and yeah. and train them, then your business is gonna fail, right? right. That's... And so I was like, you know, I, I gotta be able to know the numbers, like. And if I'm <laughs> if I'm you know ever in a position of of you know authority, you know influence, um, I don't like to say the word power because power sounds so authoritative but if I'm ever in a, in a position where I have influence over an organization um I'm gonna know what the numbers mean like right. you I'm not gonna have a, like I might have a guy that's that's in the weeds but I'm gonna understand those numbers so that was kind of how I thought like you know finance you know accounting ain't always fun but um <laughs> that's kind of what led me to that path was you know loving numbers understanding them and then you know trying to grow from there really
0: So, speaking of numbers, um, this is going to be a lot of stuff. So, you can kind of pick how you want to navigate through answering them. Okay. But, um, so you're in charge and you're over the budget, right? COVID is happening Mm -hmm. and it's affecting a lot of people. One, how does that affect the model? Because it seems like sports is a big piece of the pie when you look at a university model. Yeah. And so, and being that athletic budget will you be in danger of losing some sports because of that? And like, is your process to not lose any sports when you're navigating, and creating this budget? And then last, is there a monetary budget constraint or process to go to a different league? Right. Like we were in the whack a long time ago before we moved to the mountain West. Mm -hmm. And then it's been talked to move to to the uh, PAC 12.
1: Yeah. Uh, So we aren't discussing, you know, cutting any sports. I mean, that that is, by far the number one thing that we want to be able to preserve is of all of our sports and the student athlete experience. Um, <clears throat> you know, really athletics is really actually just a small part of the entire institution's, institution's budget. You know, certainly at some places, uh, you know, the athletic budget is much, much larger maybe than what we have at UNLV, but ultimately it's still a small part of the overall, of the overall picture. Okay, And, um, we, we, we potentially could be greatly impacted by, by, by COVID. And so really what we've been doing over the last few months is running various different scenarios on, you know, what we need to be prepared for. Um, Understanding that the impact of potentially not playing football with, with fans or not having certain events at a full full capacity Mm -hmm. um that obviously impacts your revenue which ultimately impacts how much you know much you can spend so uh it it's been challenging probably this is probably one of the most challenging times that i've ever had in my career because we've had to live and not just in in my in my job i mean all of us personally Personally, too but like we've had to live in this gray area for so long right like it's like that age saying like a yes a yes is good a no is bad, but a maybe is worse, worse. right? Like right. nobody likes to be like, "Well, maybe the unknown, maybe yeah, the unknown, the uncertainty," and so you know, and that's that is kind of diff, that that's very difficult for a budget guy and a finance guy. And right. I know I just talked about their stories, behind, but there are a lot of black and white in numbers. And so <laughs> at the end of the day, like if I got twenty dollars, I can't go spend twenty five. Like, right. I, I only got twenty to spend. And and then, if you tell me, like, well, I might give you 20, but really it might be like $13.48. Is- like, I'm, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? What should I plan for? Plan it, right. So I guess I need to plan to spend 10. Well, actually, <laughs> now nah, it's, it's only going to be seven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so so that, that's, that's, that's been it challenged. challenge. That's been challenged. And kind of asked you a question about, yeah, the financial model of, you know, different leagues. I mean, yeah, I mean, certainly there are certain conferences that, um, you know, financial resources are larger, maybe because they have bigger television deals and certain uh, marketing rights. Um, but usually you get to those leagues, not necessarily because of the amount of money that you currently have, but usually it's because of a lot of other factors, you know, okay. your success in, and certainly your success in the big sports, you know, football, basketball, the academic profile, you know, of your institution is big, believe it or not. in a mm-hmm. lot of these power five leagues and what they're looking for. Uh, your television market, sure. like what, you know, what you, what you bring, uh, to the table. Cause if they're going to the ESPNs and the CBS's of the world, you know, they're saying, Hey, I'm going to bring you another couple million households and, you know, in greater what, Las Vegas or whatever it is. Share of and views. so, yeah, so I mean, it's all of those things that okay. are, are factored in, but you know, we, we'll, we'll see, man. I mean, it's, you know, we could be in, in, in line for some pretty seismic uh, changes here in college athletics. Who knows? Mm scholarships
2: is is, is, i mean that's just kind of a part of that all that process too yeah
1: yeah so scholarships you know is a part of that that budget you know you go out and offer you know athletes you know full scholarships in some sports partial scholarships in other sports so that all encompasses into your Uh, overall budget yep
0: and is it like in there from the beginning like once you offer it is it something like you gotta make sure it's there every year
1: uh yeah yeah i mean you know it you know they're a lot of times they might be written on like you know annual or one year basis and you know it might go up and down. But typically most places you know usually when you offer somebody that the first year you you know you're obligated to keep them there. Keep
2: them, wow, man. Another an- another broad question. I'm sorry about that. That's nah, all good. Here's
1: another broad. Hopefully question. I'm not answering them broad, but
2: no, you're you're answering them <laughs> good. But you I, you I find that you got you know you got a unique, uh, touching on a lot of different points that we've already just talked about previously. So for like one is you know some of the, the black athlete, you know, has been kind of talked about more recently of, you know, going to HBCUs and I know, yeah. you know, dad went to Howard and things of that nature. And, yeah. you know, in the position that you are in NCAA, how do you feel about, I guess, a, a broad question of that movement potentially of athletes taking that? Do you feel like, yes, that's a realistic kind of a uh, outlook on, you know, potentially here soon?
1: I mean, I, I would, I would be 100% behind it. I mean, ultimately wherever you feel is the best place for you and, or- and uh, where you can grow as a person and, and as an athlete, um, I, I fully support it. I mean, I, I always say that, I mean, if you, if you, if you have aspirations of going to the next level and you're really good, they'll find you. Right. I mean, you know, they, agree they'll, with that. they'll know, they'll be able to find where you're at. Now it's, it, it's easier to, you know, you know, obviously see a guy at Kentucky and, and Duke cause they on TV, sure. you know, 29 times out of the, out of the year. Right. Sure. Uh, but you know, I, I've I've got to know some some uh, if we're just talking basketball. But I've got to know some NBA scouts over just some of my time, and they say, man, look, the amount of research that we do on on kids and t- tape that we watch and things that they they don't know is mean, it's extensive. It's not sure. just those games, you right. know, that they see. So if you could play, they'll find you. And, and I mean, I, I I would fully support it. I mean, whether or not I think it'll be a you know like a new movement or a new wave, you know, you know who knows, All right. Um, but, you know, if these, you know, if it's anything that can bring, you know, notoriety to HBCUs and those platforms, um, I I would certainly be all about it. Yeah. I mean, and and you've seen it
2: at at, at different levels. Obviously Pitt has, you know, a a pretty large alumni best and, you know, so does Howard, you know, and I know some of those things play into just the overall athletic department in certain ways. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's just a discussion that we've had. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see from your perspective how that, that movement will work.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Yep.
0: So, <clears throat> sorry about that. Kind of staying in um, a topic that just bounced up. So they're removing Hey, reb. So that, like, blew up last night, you know. I mean, in the time and the topics that we're in where a lot of people are evaluating, you know, what culturally significant to you know, different races, and now we're running into, hey, Reb, and the, the president, I guess, made the ultimate decisions. Were you in those conversations, and or like, how was that disseminated to you? And then, monetarily, how does that affect when you're gonna change, if, I don't know if the decision's been made, but if you have to change a whole logo, because we just went through a whole thing of redoing our logo a couple, <laughs> couple years ago, where we paid all these people, and you know, the people weren't happy. Um, how does that go? Was that kind of a discussion brought to you? And then, what is the impact far as figuring stuff out going forward right <laughs> we only got seven dollars and fifty cents <laughs> to uh, yeah, spend
1: yeah no nah, that decision was much above my pay grade that's for sure uh-huh. um and you know the president you know made the decision and then informed the entire community community, yeah. community and campus and so that's when that's when i found out about it um you know as it relates to any anytime you're going through any kind of potential logo transition um there are some obstacles with that but then there's also some opportunities with that correct and you know a lot of times uh even if you're doing it and even if you're doing it in a proactive way um you know you're able to work with your maybe your apparel provider where you know you know nike school and so sometimes you can sit down at the table with with your friends at nike and they go through this gig process and you know help you with some of your marks and things of that things of that nature so Honestly, I don't. I don't know where. I don't know where it's headed. Um, but you know, whatever I'm asked to do, or wherever I'm asked to help, I will <laughs> roll up in. my sleeves and I, you know, I'll I'll just jump in. So,
2: the excitement about playing in Allegiant Stadium for the football guys. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, man, it's 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 exciting, man. Um, and it's our opportunity really to transform UNLV football. I mean, anybody who just rolled by Allegiant Stadium, I mean, that thing is unbelievable. And if you've been fortunate to be inside of it. It's uh, even more incredible. But, you know, what we say is, you know, it's it's the best stadium in the world, right? I mean, it's a $2 billion <laughs> $2 $2 stadium. Um, UNLV football is the most affordable value in town. I mean, we have season tickets starting as low as $125. Here so, comes our sales pitch. Let's hear it, Yeah, for six games, right? So, I mean, who can, <laughs> who can say no to that, right? Can I get you guys to buy some tickets? Two tickets, <laughs> 250 We You can either go, we can donate them to some local local youth organization, so i'm gonna get you guys a, to do that when i leave but so then so you know the best value in town and you know we just want people not not to miss out and be a part of you know the change we're very excited about you know we got a new new coach marcus arroyo i mean you know just by his name alone mean, you gonna know that my <laughs> man gonna be Look successful at- <laughs> uh but so
0: so obviously we're now in your winner's platform where we're gonna talk about <laughs> and you're gonna push everything that you want to go on since we jumped into that um no, you do have a new coach, and there's a lot of excitement around that.
1: Yeah, and yeah, now Marcus Marcus is awesome. I mean, we, in, you know, after the, so he came from Oregon, he was the offensive coordinator at Oregon, and played in the Rose Bowl, and basically, with three, not even four weeks until signing day, was able to put together uh, in some rankings the number one recruiting class in the Mountain West, the number two in others, and so, wow. which was the best uh, class that we've ever had mm-hmm. at UNLV. And so, and then just kind of how he, what I really love about him is how he approaches every day in okay. the process. And he always talks about, particularly in these times of, you know, this ever changing uh, landscape that we've been in. I mean, it's easy for somebody to be able to complain as a first year head coach mm-hmm. that didn't get spring ball, didn't get to institute his offense, his defense, but not this guy, man. Like he approaches things He because he, he said, we have a no flinch mentality. So we're not going to flinch. And, you know, everybody's in this in this situation, so we're just gonna roll up our sleeves, uh, get back to work, and I think people are gonna really uh, grasp onto that here in in Las Vegas, right? I mean, everybody loves somebody that, that's a hard worker and uh, an underdog story. So he's he's a he's a privilege, man. He's a privilege to work with and, and enjoy, uh, and, and he's a, and he's a really really good football coach yeah. and a good judge of. Um, a good judge of character, you know, I mean, like the young men he's bringing in are are men of of high character and then ultimately a good, a good judge of talent too. So excited about that.
0: How do you put together a staff? He's got a couple of black coaches on there. So good want to give props to that. We always kind of look at that and access, you know, um, review that. And I I just think it's big nowadays, you know, just to to, to have that one for the coaches coming up to have that opportunity, you know, who he brings along. But um, how did he go about bringing in his staff? because it's not a, he didn't just bring everybody from uh from Oregon.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he um he's somebody that's been <clears throat> he's worked in all different levels, mm-hmm. you know, he's worked in college, he's worked in the pros. He's worked under different head coaches, different systems, and so his network is is expansive that's and it's, and and it's long and and so you know, as he was trying to put together his staff, he he wanted to make sure that he had guys that fit you know, his, not only his values, but how he wanted to approach things. And so, you know, that was certainly men of high character, hard workers, grinders. And, uh, I remember him telling me, like, I mean, you know, his phone was blown off the hook at, uh, you know, when he got the job and so many people calling him about wanting right. to get a job, right. <laughs> but, you know, he was very methodical, you know, he didn't, he didn't move fast. I mean, you know, some of the staff wasn't even hired until after signing Dave, but he yeah. wanted to make sure that he had the right guys, uh, on staff and, you know, coaching stability, in, I mean, in any any sport, but tech, especially in college it's athletics tough. and in college football, Ooh. is tough. Ooh. And the the programs that you see consistently winning, they they have stability. That doesn't mean that like guys don't eventually move on and and get get jobs and go to coordinator positions and the head coaching jobs. And if you are a good head coach, that's what you want from your right, staff, that, yeah. right? Uh, but that stability and, and trying not to have a lot of turnover is important. And, uh, you know, Marcus was able able to do that. So, yeah, he's got a, he's got a great staff, man. That's some grounders, man. And I, I'm just, I wish I was able to, like, you know, be in the office with them more, see them sure. at action, but, uh, but that's all awesome. get to do. He has that.
0: that type of energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah he's there. Well, he's definitely got those facilities for it, too, yeah. boy. Yeah. So, you guys opened some. So, I mean, part of it, like, especially from the recruiting aspect, right? I took a tour. I think you were part of when you showed me around just the new, is it called the
1: Fortita comp- The Fertitta Football oh my Complex. Gosh, yeah. Dude. That's yeah. top of the line. It is, man. Yeah. It's top of the line. 70,000 square feet. It's a, it's a, you know, I've been, I've been, been to a lot of facilities around the country. I mean, right. and it, it is up to par with a lot, you know, and the power five and the elite level. Um, and so it certainly adds an aspect to, you know, what we're trying to do, you know, and, and the resources that we've been able to put in. So, I mean, all those things are important. I mean, it's not like that one is even more important than the than the other, but they're they're all important. Like, I mean, you know, to be able to have the right leader, you know, at the right time with you know the right facilities, kind of coming together, the <laughs> new stadium, a new practice facility, a city that's that's vibrant and that's growing, and right. and, and you know, a professional NFL team. Because, like, you know, it's the other thing about you know, obviously, you know, living in Pittsburgh, like, lived in a place where you know, a, a professional football team and a college football team coexisted and understanding that, like, when you can bring football, it just rises the level and ri- raises the level and raises the profile Absolutely. of football in that town. So, like, it's exciting, you know, that the Raiders are coming here and they are going to be sharing the stadium. And, you know, you know, we're just going to try to do our part to make it uh, even that much more better.
2: Sure. And So you think the the momentum behind the UNLV football carries over to, to basketball? At a school coming from Pitt, you know, Great basketball program, great yeah. football program. How you yeah. see that carrying over?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously running Rebel Basketball is, you know, legendary, has been the pillar legendary. of UNLV yeah. and, and you know, still is to this day. We're a basketball
0: school because of that.
1: You know, it's the most high-profile sport, sport of, yeah. of, of our department. Um, and so the importance of basketball can't, can't go understated uh, because it's been done here before, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot of places where you can say you've won a national championship in the Final Fours. And that's been done here before, um, but to have a you know a, a football program that could you know hopefully reach new heights and consistent bowl games, it's going to benefit basketball. It's going to benefit all of the other sports, and, and quite candidly, it should benefit the institution as a whole. All right. You know whether it is enrollment and applications and donations for certain for other schools and alumni support and all of those things, you know. You know, we always you hear the the moniker of athletics is like the front porch to, to a house. Um, <laughs> it's not the most important room in the house, but sometimes it's the most visible room. Right. And it's also the way that, that a cool lot room. of times you can enter people in through a university is through an athletic, athletic department, department. That's or old. keep them or keep them you know, interested. Sure. So. Uh, so, you know, and with that visibility comes, you know, great responsibility. Right. Yes. You know, what I said? so <laughs> yes. you know, when our when our front porch is on fire. The whole world sees it you know right. like if there's a room in the house maybe on fire everybody doesn't quite see it the yeah. same way so there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that but yeah ultimately you yeah. know that that's going to impact our basketball program and then you know as our as our basketball program continues to get successful and we're in the second year of our our head coach for basketball as well and he had a great year last year finished second in the mountain west Ended the year on a, on a nice winning streak and had some injuries towards the end of the year that i, I wish didn't happen as part of the game but you know, felt like we could have probably made a run in the Mountain West tournament, and he's really excited about the team that he has coming back, and you know we're, the schedule that we have. We're playing in the Maui Invitational. We got oh, nice. UCLA coming to the Thomason Mac. Got Kyle coming, um, playing at SMU, Kansas State, VCU. So, I mean, he's got a it's he got a, a tough task and a tough schedule, but um, he's another guy that's a grinder, man, and I, I love working with him every day.
0: That's awesome. So. How do we keep the kids, the local kids? We've had a couple of, um, you know, UNLV alum come on the station and just saying that there's there's not as much of a connection once the alumni's leave. I don't know if you've heard that, if that's been channeled. Um, I know I've spoken uh, with some people on the staff, and they say that's something that they want to do and you've started to, like, put some of that in the, the ticket sales and things like that to where they have special interests. But how do you keep the kids, one, as far as recruiting, and then how do we kind of bridge the gap from the community in UNLV?
1: Well, I think, you know, it all goes down to relationships, right? And, you know, making sure that you spend time and really fostering those relationships locally, um, knowing who the right people are, the key people. And, uh, you know, our basketball staff, meaning, you know, they put people on the staff that, you know, um, DeMarlo Slocum is a guy that's from, from Las Vegas. Which is dope. You know, he was... To a, get him to come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Because he he's got little, some good got great connections, connections and he was an unbelievable high school player here mm-hmm. uh adding somebody like kevin krueger uh on the on the staff who played at unlv under yeah. under his dad mm-hmm. um and so being able to you know bridge that to the to the alums but then certainly uh to the local and you know it's a basketball town. there's a lot of a lot of talent that comes out of here <laughs> right every year you're not going to get them all right you're never going to be able to get them sure. all to stay here but you know it is important to try to win your backyard and you know, yep. we gotta we gotta give them a reason to want to come too. You know, it's important that fans come to games, and we have a great atmosphere, and that all is, is a part of it. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, that's how that's how you that's how you that's how you keep them, or you put yourself in a position you're not gonna win them all. Um, and I say the same thing with football. You know, uh, that's also there. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we give them a reason to come, um, and then once they're there, make sure that they have a great time.
0: I like it. So, really quick, man want to get into this rapid fire miles
2: you got them rapid fires loaded i do man we are going to throw kind of a little throwback so uh acc this is like four rapid fire kind of questions right. for you a little throwbacks all right so acc versus big east basketball which one is better
1: right now or like just from the time oh, of got big east i got to go big east big east, big east cuz that was okay that was, oh, man.
2: Dan Marino or Larry Fitzgerald? Ooh. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Ooh. What you got? Oh, that that's 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 Fitz, Fitz man. Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, we, man. we was actually in school together. We yeah. was so saying I got go man out, boy. a ball out, He's up,
2: ridiculous out there. <laughs> All right. So you got to cut one. You got a bench one. You got to start one. Start one, bench one, cut one. Okay? All He's right. a South Carolina basketball.
1: Oh, basketball boy, basketball. I love y'all. Y'all did y'all research, man. All, All right. right.
2: So KG is one, Alex English, and then the third one is gonna sound weird, but Raymond Felton. <laughs> <laughs> Where well, you go? Oh, let's go. Cut, cut. Start third bench.
1: One. All right, you gotta, you gotta start Alex English, He's the best player to ever come out of South Carolina. Uh, bench, KG is the next level, and then. <laughs> I got Mr. A, basketball. You gotta, you gonna. I cut gotta this? cut right. Gotta oh, cut, right? All-time <laughs> scorer, yeah. All-time
2: leading scorer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you just you threw out KG and man. <laughs> but Raymond Felton was a baller. Boy. Oh, I saw
2: some of his highlights. He was a baller when he was skinny was Ray. Now skinny yeah. of, yeah.
1: kind of Ray. Maybe that's clouding my judgment too. It's not, it's not skinny, skinny Ray right All right. Now. <laughs> All right.
2: So the first time you were starstruck.
1: Tiger Woods. I saw Tiger Woods. I went to the US Open in Pittsburgh and um uh, yeah, like it was like you know, there's certain levels of like sure. stars. Yeah. I've never seen Michael Jordan like in person. Um, you know, but like I saw Tiger Woods and it was like like he like had like a halo over like it felt <laughs> like I was like seeing somebody like wow, like, you know, and this was pre some of his issues, sure. <laughs> statements, man. So right. some probably things I saw solve the bar. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> i a tiger right there. You know what I'm saying? Might not feel the same, but back in 2007, man, he, he was it. You know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> all right, so you did a little
0: broadcasting, man. What uh, <laughs> what was that all about, man? Was that like a, a, a itch you needed to scratch? Is it something you want to kind of get back into?
1: No man, I was. um they had, you know, they had asked me to do it. it was uh, one of the special
0: projects. Yeah, huh? it was one
1: of those special projects. They were not it wasn't gonna pay me, and they couldn't pay nobody else. And it's like, well, you play basketball, so you should, you should be able to know it, and you articulate, it, right? And so, but I tell you, you speak this. speak so well, you speak so well, right? Love when they tell you that, like, you speak, speak so, so well, speak so well. Oh, okay, um, but. Uh, I tell you this. I had a lot of fun, uh-huh. but it is—I don't know if you guys have ever been fortunate to do it. It is—it is challenging, man. Yeah. Like it is challenging understanding how to get in and out of. You know, I was the color guy, not the play-by-play guy, uh, but even just getting in and out of uh, the transitions. And transitions of when he's talking
0: about certain things, set up
1: and-, <laughs> and doing your homework because you don't want to—you know—you don't right. want to sound stupid or kind right. of like you don't know what you're talking about. Right. So it was a lot of fun, man, but it was—it was a challenge, man. It was hard. <laughs>
0: So before cause man, like I said, man, the time flies when you're having fun, um, in that winter circle, was there anything else you wanted to talk about, man? I know we talked about UNLV football, basketball, baseball is big here in UNLV. I mean, there's a lot of sports, but is there anything else you want to plug or talk about and and, and and get out there?
1: Nah, man, you know, just we just excited, you know, at UNLV and, and all the things we got going on. I mean, we you know, the city is is vibrant and, you know, things will get back to, to where we're all normal and and, and used to seeing, and we want to make sure that we are uh, a big part of that. And so uh, as this city grows, uh, not only our athletic department, but our institution the university as a whole needs to be prepared to, to grow with that. So I appreciate y'all giving me the platform.
0: Love sure. that, man. Well, we got one little last part. It's called the assist. Now, you've been dropping knowledge, man, you know, from the roots to your mom and dad and just throughout this conversation. But is there a, a quote, a mantra that you live by, or just kind of like an affirmation for success? that uh, you'd want to drop either to your younger self or the people listening.
1: Yeah. One of the quotes that I love to live by, and I don't even know who said it, but um, you know, change is inevitable. Growth is optional, right? So the only thing that we know about the world is that we're going to have change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how you respond and how you grow from that is up to you. And so uh, that's something that always sticks to me. Change is inevitable and growth is optional.
0: Boom. Big time. There it is. Well, Hey man, like I said, time flies, man. We appreciate having you on here, man. I um, hope you guys uh, enjoy listening to the show today. Uh, please give us our, your feedback on Black and Sports. We're on all platforms, um, IG, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Uh, we're on all podcast platforms. And make sure if you check us out on YouTube, you hit that subscribe button. Um, let us know who you want to hear on the show. Tell us how we did. And just remember, we're rooting for you.
2: Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even... Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody
1: that's black, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black, yo, 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 yo. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black, spent about racks on handmade New Rags, Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black, it's everybody from sports to college class to rap, back.